Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Alicia. And this is Camp Final Girls. Welcome back to the shit show. I know. We're back. We're alive. Alicia had COVID and then I kept joking about her giving it to me and then I got COVID. So your nerves are so strong that they reached me all the way out here. That's what happened. Yeah. Or I had it in my system. And when you came to visit. I actually do think that could be possible. Because Monique got sick too. With COVID? Yeah. But she didn't, she, um, hers didn't last like us, but I think cause she uh, got, she's had it a few times. So she's I think had her, COVID a few times. Yeah. She's had it. Like when she told me, I think it was like two or three times prior to that one. What the hell's wrong with her immune system? <laughs> I don't like, know. That's weird. You would think maybe she that's, got each variant as it came out. I guess so. <laughs> she got the original and then she got the, what was a Delta now Omicron. Yeah. I definitely, my sister was telling me that I got the, she thinks I got the original because I lost my taste and smell mm-hmm. and that's not normal with Omnicron, I guess. Yeah. But it was so weird when I lost my taste and smell. It lasted like three days and I hated it because I would be so hungry and I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to make a peanut butter and jelly because I can't taste it anyway. And at least that'll fill me up. And then I would eat it and it would taste like I was eating like literally like wet paper towels. It was disgusting. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, th- it's such a weird sensation because you know what it's supposed to taste like. And then you just like can't taste anything. It's really weird. That's just crazy. I couldn't imagine that. Like yeah, for me, sucked. the only <laughs> thing that tasted weird was water. Just plain water tasted really weird to me. I don't know why. Were you using the ice from your freezer? Because that ice is funky. <laughs> no, I, no, I just, I, I was drinking just temperature, like a uh, room temperature water. Like I would mix my cold and hot water thing and it, it was just from the jug. So it was. Maybe, maybe it's because you were drinking and like, because you were so like um, congested, all you were just tasting is all your nasty boogers virus probably you're like oh yeah this is great I just taste like my my boogers yeah that's probably what it was (laughs) it's great that's great but I'm I feel like I'm like 90 98 percent better like there's still I'll wake up every morning and I'll have like a little bit of a clogged nose and then I'll like have to cough up all my phlegm that I still have oh yeah but I'm mostly mostly better mostly Yeah, I would say like, I definitely have a lot more energy. Uh, But when I started work this past week on Thursday, like the last hour, I was like dead. I was like, almost like I was gonna pass out. I was like, should I go? But then I was like, I might as well just try to push through it. But it happened Thursday and Friday. So I'm hoping tomorrow your job is just very physical so I feel because like my job is mostly sitting at a desk and there were a couple of times I had to go walk units and um deliver notices and when I had to walk across property like my I hadn't moved to that much in two weeks and so I was like oh my god I feel like I'm so out of shape right now 
it was like really sad. <laughs> I want to get back to the gym and I was going to go tomorrow, but to be honest, we're not going to be done on time for me to go to bed on time. So <laughs> maybe I'll work out, out in my room in the morning, but I'm like, so I have such bad cabin fever of like being stuck in my house and my room. And I'm so ready to like go to the gym and go to work and like go socialize. Cause I'm just like, even though COVID is running rampant right now, I'm like, I I'm over it. <laughs> just yeah. over it. But yeah, me too. But for me, I like being home. You know that I'm a homebody. <laughs> yeah. But you also have your own place, you know? And I feel like maybe if I had my own place, it, no, I, I'm, I'm just such a social person. Like I like to be around people and I like going and doing stuff. And sometimes I like those days where I just sit at home and I do nothing because mm-hmm. it's like nice to relax sometimes. But sometimes I also feel like I just like wasted a whole day doing nothing. Yeah. You're a social butterfly. It's funny because like me and you click so good, but we're like total opposites. Like you want to be out there in the world yeah. and I want to be home. <laughs> well, cause I think it's, it's because like I you're able to, ever since I met you, you're able to like, just be yourself around me, you know, like Mm -hmm. ever since I met you, we've always clicked to the point where I was like, this girl's like literally 10 years older than me. What do I have in common with her? And then I found out like everything. So you're an old soul. So I am an old fart in my heart. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is. Oh my gosh. That's like a good um thing for a t-shirt an old <laughs> fart in my heart yeah <laughs> TM, I'll get you a TM, shirt TM. <laughs> get it made I know right <laughs> uh, okay well so this week I because I was still coming off of my COVID I was trying really hard to finish part two of the Ken and Barbie killers and um I finally finished it five minutes before we're recording so <laughs> that's what but, happens when you get sick and then you're like trying to catch up on life and you're just like oh crap <laughs> yeah because there's like a there was a point when I was sick where I couldn't even sit up to take Dayquil or whatever I was trying to take like I I was like ah oh, but I I don't want to even sit up right now so even mm-hmm. to just sit in my bed and take notes seemed like a lot but I um finally got it done. And I also decided to do a multi-parter because you were sick. So I was trying to give you a break and then I got sick. So I know horrible surprise. surprise. <laughs> I, know. I finally got part two done. And this case is so like, I, I told you, I, I think you should watch the documentary that I watched mm-hmm. after we're done with this case. Cause it's like, it's so crazy to hear it. But when you watch the docu- documentary, because they mm-hmm. were talking about how this is one of those cases that has so many videotapes, like visual accounts of the actual attacks themselves. And that's not a common thing. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, it affected just everybody who was involved with the case, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, but this case just, it, it just blows my mind. And, um, well, I'm try I need to, I guess, recap where we left off last time was, um, Carla had gone into the police station beaten to a bloody Mm -hmm. pulp by Paul and the police at this point had no leads to who the Scarborough rapist was or who had killed Leslie and Kristen and so when this woman comes in battered by her husband she 
tells the police who had no leads, no nothing to go on, that it was her husband who did this. And yeah. that's where we left off. So mm-hmm. here we go, jumping in back into this story. Um, so this um reminder takes place in Canada and it's um February 1993 is where we left off. Um mm-hmm. one of the main detectives on this case was Corey Smith. Um and like I said, he he was shocked when this happened. The police had no case, no leads, nothing to go on. And they hadn't even tied Leslie and Kristen's deaths to the Scarborough rapist because Scarborough rapists happened in Scarborough and this ha- these deaths happened in St. Catharines, which was an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Um, as And when Carla comes in to admit that it was um her husband that did this they just felt like it was too good to be true they're like this was there any similarities to the raping and the murders that they found later on no actually no and you'll see you'll see as I go further into it but like there's almost no evidence that tie Paul to any of it which also I, I have to admit I did an oopsie in the first episode, I was calling him Brando, but it's it's not Paul Brando, it's Paul Bernardo. And I kept saying uh. that in the first episode, and I was all, oh, God. Because I, I think there is another killer that's last name is Brando. So or you were was, going Marlon Brando. <laughs> that, that, too, which he was a hottie back in the day. But, okay, just I had to clear that oopsie that I did, because that's embarrassing. But anyways, so Carla told the police that she found out about Leslie being in her home um, when Paul had woke her woken her up um, the night that she had disappeared saying it's okay honey there's a girl in our basement just it is what it is and she said that he was no longer satisfied with just raping and leaving his victims because when they had gotten married on their honeymoon he told her I'm the Scarborough rapist and crap like can you imagine? Uh, I would have ran the other way. Oh, right. You would think a normal person would do that. But let me just tell you, Carla is not a normal person. Um, and he, he had told her, you know, I'm the Scarborough rapist, but I'm not, I'm not satisfied anymore with just raping a woman and leaving. I want to be able to have somebody here that I could just constantly do it to like, basically like a sex slave. My God. And so he had taken Leslie and woken her up and told her, like, you know, I have this girl in the basement. And she told the police that all of this, all of the attacks, all of the sexual assaults and beatings of Leslie were filmed. He filmed it all because that was his thing. He liked to film stuff. And Mm -hmm. keep in mind, too, that this was when home videos were just it was just a thing like it wasn't a common thing for people to have cameras and be filming everything Mm -hmm. um and she said that Leslie was there for several days and Carla says that she could tell that Leslie just knew that she was gonna die she's like this girl knew she was not gonna live through this and she just kept telling them that she just wanted to go home she said that one day Paul took an electrical wire and strangled her with it. Um, When he was done, he heard her trying to take another breath. So he strangled her more until she stopped breathing. And at first, Carla said she thought it was just a part of his like 
sexual, you know, deviance was strangling her, but Mm -hmm. she said, no, I realized he actually was trying to kill her. Um, During the time that Leslie was being held, um, this occurred in 1991 during Father's Day, and Carla's family had actually come to visit them at their house during the holiday and while while they were they were there in the house celebrating father's day upstairs like leslie was downstairs in the basement being held My and God. carla said that at one point um his her fam or her mom dorothy tried to go down into the basement to get like potatoes or something for the meal they were making and she had to stop her because um i think so Leslie wasn't actually alive at this time. I think she had, they had killed her right before the family came over. Cause Carla was telling him like, my family's come over coming over and we can't have this girl here. Like we need to get rid of her. So he killed her and her body was downstairs the whole time. Wow. Carla said that Paul dismembered Leslie's body with a chainsaw and um, put it into those pieces of concrete and dumped her body into the lake nearby. Um, and her body again, remember was found the day that they got married, like Mm. clearly a coincidence or not, like the universe was trying to do something. Um, Mm. and again, when they went on their honeymoon in Hawaii was when Paul told her that, um, he was a Scarborough rapist. And this was also the time that she claims that he started to become more controlling and violent with her. Like he wasn't really as violent with her before he was always controlling, but this is when he decided to start getting violent with her and abusing her. Mm-hmm. He would tell her not to say anything or tell anybody what they had done. And he said that um, she, I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> he also told her that if she made her family think that they weren't happening or happening happy (laughs) if she like showed her family like I'm not happy this guy is abusing me he's raping girls he said that he would kill her and her family and he was becoming controlling and invasive and he had a secret that he didn't want to come out so that's why she thought he started to get violent with her was because he was scared she was going to tell his secret Mm-hmm. Um, looking back her friends and family say that they saw the change in her behavior and it was clear now like why her behavior change was so drastic was because he changed um carla said that after the heat of leslie's murder starts to cool off he became extremely violent t- towards her until eventually he threatened her with a knife like while they were having sex and said that he needs um she needs to come with him to find another girl to take because he was he wasn't happy you know he is a monster Mm -hmm. and he needs to feed that monster side of him so she thought you know he's taking out his anger and his this need for violence out on me so she agreed she was like okay let's go find somebody for you he said that so going back a little bit. Yeah. So when that girl was in their house, was that the first time she realized that he had, he was like psycho? No. Cause he admitted to her on their honeymoon that he was a Scarborough rapist. 
Yeah, but you said that they found the girl's body on their honeymoon or on their wedding day, but he didn't tell her that he was the rapist until after they got married. So that girl was there prior. So this is what Carla's saying to the police. It's not the truth. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, it doesn't doesn't like coincide. No, you're right. Her body was found on their wedding day. And then she claims that on their honeymoon was when well okay she didn't I think she didn't know that he was a Scarborough rapist when he killed Leslie and then when they went on their honeymoon she he told her and she's like oh well that makes sense why you also wanted to kidnap that girl and kill her mm-hmm. like I don't think she put two and two together either oh okay. that makes sense yeah <clears throat> so um so he said that if he found someone that they would just pull up to her pull, to ask her for directions and um, then they would just like get close to her and snatch her and take her away. That was his plan that mm-hmm. he told Carla, this is what we're going to go do. And that's exactly what they did to Kristen French. Um, at this time, she's she was kept way longer than Leslie was. And Carla, like kind of felt um jealous I think of Christian French because he really liked her and he wanted to keep her way longer than he wanted to keep Leslie to be his sex slave and to abuse her you know satisfy Mm -hmm. that monster that he had and while she was being held held she was subjected to horrific attacks and um Carla claims that she felt bad for Kristen she said that she couldn't help her because she was afraid of what Paul would do to her but she said that they um that they tied her up with the same electrical cord that he had killed Leslie with and that's what they held her in the basement with then he raped her and strangled her with it and Carla says that this really stood out in her mind because she had recently um he had recently strangled her in a similar fashion while they were having sex but he Mm. didn't kill her but she's like he has this demon inside of him and he's taking it out on me but he didn't do to me what he's doing to these girls and then she says well she's watching him do this to Kristen like Mm -hmm. she's picturing him doing that to her yeah because he's getting to that point where he's just not gonna hold back yeah because when serial rapists or killers like get that taste of what they've been wanting to do their whole life clearly and then mm-hmm. they do it it's like they're it's an insatiable feeling like they can't ever satisfy it yeah so february 17th of 1993 eight days after carla confesses to the police they go and arrest him um, at 57 bayview drive which is where they lived Mm -hmm. Um, three days after Paul's arrest, Leslie and Kristen's parents did a press conference to discuss the arrest and how devastated they are. Mark, remember his friend from earlier, that's not his real name, Mm -hmm. but the one that dated Carla's sister, um, Mark called the police to speak to them after he was arrested. And he did an eight hour interview and discovered with the timeline that he was given for when these murders happen that he had been in the house at least eight times while Kristen was kept there holy crap Um, he said that uh they asked if he saw or heard anything while there he was there but he doesn't remember hearing or seeing anything but he thinks that the reason why he didn't 
hear anything and think that something was up was because remember Carla and Paul had that dog buddy that every time that Paul was pissed at buddy for doing something like pissing on the floor or whatever he -hmm. would go and lock the dog down into the basement and so he's like I just I'm assuming that if I did hear something in the basement I probably just thought it was the dog oh yeah imagine imagine being Kristen locked down in this basement being held captive raped beat and you hear people upstairs they have company over mm-hmm. and then here comes Paul to lock the dog up and it's they like, must have had her like gagged or something so she yeah. can't scream you for know sure and I think a big thing for them too was they they drugged their victims a lot too so maybe she was just out of it yeah so not long after Paul gets arrested, did the cops realize that they were able to string together the fact that Paul was also the Scarborough rapist whose attack started all the way back in 1987. During a confession, Carla admitted that Paul had told her he was the rapist, like I said, on the day of her their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Um, May 26, 1990, one year before Leslie Mahaffey's murder, um, when the composite of the Scar- Scarborough rapist was released, a few women who were close to Paul, like family, friends and stuff, recognized the person in the picture and reached out to the hotline. So mm-hmm. he had been a suspect of the police. Um, but over fam- there, right? Not in Scarborough. Yes. Yeah. But he was living in Scarborough at the time. So this mm-hmm. is back in the day. Um, family friends said that he not only matched the description, but his um but they, this one family friend in particular was so persistent because she said that she knew Paul was demeaning to women and she had heard like rumors and stories that he had told himself at like parties and stuff that he would drug women and rape them. Like, geez. So how did they not talk to him at all when he was over there? They did. So oh, let, me, let me get to that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she gave them the information. She's like, this is where he lives. This is his name. This is his phone number. This and that. She's like, I, I feel like he's the guy. Mm-hmm. So they went to his house and he wasn't there. So they left their cards for like, Hey, please reach out to us. We want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And Paul did. He responded saying he would come um, to the police station to get interviewed by them what because he was moving to St. Catharines and on his way down there he would stop by and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um he seemed normal to the investigators. They said that he was polite and courteous and he seems like a normal guy like they were. And they asked him even for DNA samples to compare to the victims of the rapist and he gave them. He's like, "Yeah, sure, here you go." And yeah. they said that they believe that it was a game of Paul's because why why would they assume he was the rapist here he is Mm -hmm. he's like yeah sure I'll tell you anything you want to hear take my DNA yeah they he completely disarmed them they thought okay yeah maybe this guy isn't him and I I just think it's crazy that this happened he came in interviewed with them gave them his DNA before Leslie or Kristen were murdered like Mm -hmm. if the police and DNA like science was um, more ahead for its time they could have tested the samples right away Mm -hmm. and arrested him but that's not what happened they let him go because they didn't have anything no evidence to hold him let him Mm -hmm. go and he moved down to St. Catharines 
So basically they didn't have any evidence tying like his, he obviously was smart enough not to leave DNA. So that's why he's like, yeah, you can have my DNA. No, they had D- DNA for the Scarborough rapist to compare oh, they did? his DNA to. Yes, they <laughs> did. But DNA wasn't wasn't that big of a science back then. And they had mm. so many people that were suspects for this case that he was put into the system and waiting for processing. So and even in the 90s, they, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, and the the police department um, in Canada says that they definitely handled this case wrong and they should have tested his DNA right away. But like I said, he disarmed them. He seemed like a normal guy to them. So they thought, why, if he was the real rapist, what he didn't have to give them his DNA. He mm-hmm. could have said as a white male and they didn't have a warrant, like, yeah. no, I don't want to give you my DNA. You have to have a warrant. But he just was like, yeah, here, here you go. Here's my DNA. He's a good manipulator. So he was able to manipulate them into believing he didn't do it. Yes. And that's, that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so in February of 1993, nine months after Kristen French's murder and two years, two years after his DNA samples were given, that is how long it took for those samples to be processed and matched to several cases of the Scarborough rapist. Jeez. He was one of five top suspects for them that they had. And like I said, if they would have been able to process his DNA so two years, why did it take two years? Yeah, then these murders wouldn't have happened. Because they knew too that the Scarborough rapist attacks were getting more and more violent. Mm-hmm. So why, if they had this guy come in who max, matched the description, why wouldn't they test it sooner? Because yeah. they just, they didn't think it was him. And it took them two years it's to match crazy. It. It is. crazy. It's, it's sad. It's really sad that that's how the justice system works. I don't know. It's really yeah. sad. Um, at this At this point, the police were just trying to prove that it was Paul who murdered Leslie and Kristen because they had proof he was the rapist but they didn't have proof that he killed these girls there was no proof Mm. um all they had were carla's words against his because he said no that's not true i didn't do that Mm. and all they had was carla's words coming out of her mouth yeah they wanted to find these tapes that carla was talking about they didn't have them yet Mm -hmm. the police um use this as their backbone of their investigation that was all that they cared about at this point if these tapes existed they would be able to catch him and they would be able to put him away Mm -hmm. um and that's what they put their energy into fully she couldn't but carla couldn't tell them where the tapes were because after he had beat her and she fled from his house she's like i can tell you where they were but if I left him and he knew what I was going to go to the police, he's obviously hid them. He yeah. had plenty of time to hide oh, those yeah, tapes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the police finally got a warrant to search their house. And they took 10 weeks looking everywhere in this house. They dug up um, or they ripped up the carpets to see if they could find any proof of blood. They even went so far as to, like, rip the um, the... Uh, oh my god what is the word pipes out mm-hmm. to see if like blood had gone down the drains when they were washing stuff they mm-hmm. tore this house apart as almost as far as just completely demolishing it but they couldn't find anything they couldn't mm-hmm. find tapes they couldn't find dna they vacuumed they dusted they went everywhere trying to find a hair 
a skin cell, anything that they could find to like put Leslie and Kristen in this house and they couldn't do it. My gosh, Um, that's crazy. It was crazy because like Paul must have, I think he must have just gone in and just cleaned as hard as he could the second that Carla left and Mm -hmm. hid these tapes. Yeah. Um, The investigators went to great lengths to try and understand Carla because they wanted to make sure that she was a viable witness because they were the, she was the only evidence that they had. Mm -hmm. that he had done these things they sent her to psychiatric hospitals to have her be evaluated and psychiatrists and therapists they came back and said yeah she is a battered woman who suffers from ptsd ptsd um she yeah she is a victim and um they were basically claiming she's a viable witness because she was definitely a victim of paul's Ken Murray was assigned as Paul's lawyer and him and his um, assistant got access to the house after the police had gone through it for those 10 weeks. Um, His assistant, Kim Doyle remembers Ken came into the house. He had a note from Paul that he opened and read in front of her, closed it, put it in his pocket and then told her, come here, let's go into this bathroom, took the light fixture out, stuck his arm into where the light fixture was as far as it could go, like all the way up to his neck and reached out and started handing him six videotapes. Oh my gosh. Police were looking for, for 10 weeks. Do you see how ridiculous it is? They obviously didn't look good enough. They didn't. And it's all their evidence is on these tapes. Um, So then Kim and Ken sat down and watch these tapes and they're on, the lawyer his lawyers his lawyer and the the lawyer's assistant on them clear as day carla was involved completely involved with sexual acts against Kristen and um leslie and she wasn't being forced to do anything at all and the deaths of leslie and Kristen were not on these tapes that's the only thing that wasn't on there Mm-hmm. And Car- Carla also on these tapes had footage of the death of her own sister, Tammy. Cause remember her sister had died supposedly mm-hmm. from choking on her own vomit. Um, after Paul had given her some drinks, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Car- Carla knew though. So Carla knew that there was a possibility that the cops would find these tapes she knew that they hadn't found them though, because if they had found them, she would, she knew that the cops would know that she wasn't a victim. Mm-hmm. What she was telling the police, she was telling her version of what was on these tapes. She was a coward, like cowardly battered woman standing in the corner, terrified watching these acts happen. That's not what these tapes showed. Mm-hmm. These tapes showed her sexually assaulting these women, beating them and helping Paul do the same thing. She was not who she claimed to be. So the cops didn't know these tapes existed because for some crazy ass reason, Ken Murray thought that he could hide this evidence and use it as like a double jeopardy in court and just be Mm -hmm. like, you think Carla's so innocent? Look what's on these tapes. But he didn't know that's against the law for a lawyer to hold physical video evidence 
mm-hmm. of crimes occurring. So mm. at this point, Carla didn't think the cops, she's like, okay, I'm just going to tell my version of the stories because maybe they haven't, they haven't found the tapes and maybe they never will. So she told the police that Paul had come to her during Christmas and said that for Christmas as his gift, he wanted to have sex with her little sister. He wanted that to be his present from her. Oh my gosh. On tape is the drugging and sexual assault of Tammy. Um, Chris, or sorry, what's her name? Carla had mm. gotten halothane, um, which is a drug that they use at veterinary clinics. Cause that's where she was working at the time. And she doused like a rag in it. And she told the cops that she held it like kind of away from her sister's face, but that's not true. If you watch the tapes, she held it on her sister's face and, wow. um, basically the the police were saying that later when they found this out like carla knew that if you even inhale that 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 alone can kill you so the fact that she was doing that to her sister was like her attempting murder basically Mm -hmm. um so she got the halothane um in huge doses from the veterinary clinic and she says that she was forced by Paul to drug her little sister because he wouldn't stop asking her to have sex with her. She just thought, well, okay, let's just do this and I'll let him have sex with her and then he'll stop bothering me about it. That's what mm-hmm. she claims. My God, this girl's crazy. Yes. And keep in mind too, that at this time, Tammy was only 15 and Carla was 20. So she's your 20 year old sister is drugging you and allowing this man to rape you because that's what he asked for for Christmas. Oh, like, God, disgusting. Like, I can't even like fathom. Like, that's just no, th- it's horrible that she would do. And this was before the stuff that happened with Leslie and, and um, Kristen, too. So, um, while Carla did this, while she held the rag up to Tammy's face, Paul raped. Tammy both vaginally and um, anally and this is when Carla said that Tammy threw up because she was so drunk and being drugged and Mm -hmm. she choked on her own vomit while Paul was raping her my god Um, what she leaves out but it does show in the tapes that come up later is that Paul tells Carla to perform oral sex on her sister and she does while she's unconscious what the hell but while Carla's telling this story to the police, she doesn't tell that to them because then she wouldn't be this victim anymore. She would be the perpetrator mm-hmm. because she was the perpetrator, but they didn't have the tapes yet. They were just going yeah. off what she was saying. Um, yeah. Despite her story, like I said, of being the passive quivering girlfriend of a monster forced to act uh, or watch as her boyfriend commits these acts, the tapes show a completely different story. Not only is she very much involved and an active participant, but she clearly oftentimes orchestrates these, uh, these attacks for Paul. So wow. she is just not this battered woman that she claims to be and the entire um defense that the offense was putting on for carla was that she was a witness against her husband and she was also a victim but the Mm -hmm. police didn't know this as they're building this case against her yeah against him so Mm -hmm. ken 
like I said, was going to use this um, to bring down their whole case and shatter it on the witness stand, completely demolishing their defense. He was going to keep the knowledge of these tapes to himself. And like I said, he it's against the law. You, mm-hmm. If you find physical evidence during a case, you have to turn it over yeah. so that the jury and the judge and both sides can, can determine what yeah. happened. Yeah, exactly. So since all the police had at the time was her word and she had to tell her version of him forcing her to participate and have sex with the victims, Carla claims that she got close to Kristen and tried to befriend her. And she tells a story of like, oh, I, well, Paul was out. I would like do her makeup and we would have girl talk and this and that. And it hurt her when Paul attacked Kristen because they were so close and they were friends like mm-hmm. trying to act like she was a victim oh geez um oops so as she's going through and confessing um she seems to get more comfortable with the facts that clearly the police believed her version of the story because they hadn't found the tapes yet and her behavior as she's describing these events becomes like sociopathic they said it's like mm-hmm. she didn't have any emotion when telling these stories because she was so so comfortable Mm -hmm. um carla actually demanded that they kill Kristen french on easter sunday and this comes out later she says that she or she says this during her confession this is like how they start to see her change and become more sociopathic she Mm -hmm. says that she was afraid of having this girl in her basement and she just wanted to go to her parents for dinner for easter So she tells the police that she knew, she's like, I knew it was time for Kristen to go, but I didn't know what that meant. And um, basically she says that Paul killed Kristen and that's, she's like, I, I knew she had to go, but that's not what I meant. I didn't want him to kill her. Mm -hmm. The investigators um, as a part of their investigation took Carla back to the house so that she could do a walkthrough for them of what happened. And it's, it's so crazy when you watch this footage because she's totally trying to like act like also like the victim and she's dressed like a schoolgirl, and she has her hair in a braid and it's like, it's very, it's very like, she's acting. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird act to, to put on Mm -hmm. when she doesn't know that later the tapes will be found. And it's like, she was never a victim and here she is going mm-hmm. so far to act like she was yeah i think i think her <clears throat> probably limit was when he started to attack her and then she it wasn't fun for her anymore basically probably yeah and i feel like too maybe she was getting jealous of these victims yeah you know true and while walking through um and telling them stuff that happened and where it happened she stopped and she goes Hey, can I just ask you something? And they're like, sure. And she's like, um, well, you guys were, you know, investing or like doing your search warrant of the house. Did any of my furniture get destroyed? Like she has no emotion to the fact that two, if she was a victim and she was sad and she didn't want Kristen to die. And these Mm -hmm. two girls got murdered from her husband who was beating her. Why do you fucking care about your furniture? Yeah, it's like it's a little deranged. Yeah, like her her facade that she had put up was it's just crumbling. She because mm-hmm. she's becoming more of who she is, which is a sociopath. Yeah. Um. So 
originally, um, Carla was charged with murder, or I guess they called it manslaughter, for Leslie and Kristen five years each. And Mm -hmm. then when they learned of the death of Tammy, that was also their fault from Kristen's story, or Carla's story, um, they added two more years for Tammy. So in total, due to her plea deal Mm -hmm. um, with the police, she was supposed to get a total of 12 years with the chance of parole within four years. And that was her plea deal. And this whole plea deal that was happening with the police and the investigators was hidden from the public because they knew that if these, if the public knew that Carla was getting a plea deal for turning in her husband of only having to go to jail for 12 years for murdering three girls, Mm -hmm. there would be a public outcry. Oh yeah. I hear the train. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Because the goal of the investigators and the police at this time was to get Paul Bernardo um, on first degree murder charges. And that was their goal. And that's what they wanted. And so they gave Carla this crazy plea deal of only getting 12 years. Um, In September of 1994, nine months before his trial, Ken Marie, which was Paul's um, defense attorney, asked to be taken off the case. And this was because um, the authorities had told him or they found out he had these tapes and they told him he need to turn them over and they were going to be given to a new lawyer. And he had hid these tapes from the cops for 15 months. Like this is literally these tapes were the one piece of evidence that they had against Carla and Paul. And mm-hmm. this lawyer hid them for 15 months. Oh my God. It just blows insane. my mind that he would do that. Like I I get they have a job to do, but not only is it against the law, but like where is your morality? He's watched these tapes and watched what these people had done to these little girls. And he just held on to them because he wanted to win in court. Just uh, that's so crazy. sick. It's really, it's, it's like, I know there has to be a job out there of a defense attorney, but it always blows my mind when they're mm-hmm. on the side of these murderers and they'll do anything to get their, their client off. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. So oh, man, a new lawyer was assigned to Paul's case um, named John Rosen. And he was known as Mr. Murder because he, that was what he did. He got um clients off for murder wow so john rosen when he got these tapes he said he watched them went to the bathroom and cried because it traumatized him so much and then came back into the room cleared his throat and said okay we need to go tell our client that we have to turn these tapes in now Mm-hmm. So when the police saw these tapes, they realized that they had been played by Carla the whole time. She was not a victim. She was very much a perpetrator. Wow. And the bombshell video of them all was the drugging and sexual assault of another victim, a Jane Doe, who still to this day has not been released because she didn't die. She lived through this. And the fact that this victim was a friend of Carla and was set up by Carla and brought to the house without any like persuading from Paul shows mm-hmm. 
that Carla is just as guilty as Paul. She orchestrated the attack on her friend. She brought her friend back and drugged her and let Paul rape her and had it all on video. Wow. That's crazy. So she like, I don't, I don't understand. To me, it's kind of, I mean, I get why she would try to convince the police that she was innocent in hopes that, I mean, 15 months went by and they didn't find, they Mm -hmm. tore that house apart and they didn't find these tapes. So she thought she was going to get off Scott clean. And then the second Mm -hmm. they find them, her whole story Story falls apart. Unraveled. Yeah. Yeah. Falls. She's not a victim at all. They realized that these tapes didn't actually show Paul killing these girls. So without that in the tapes, Mm -hmm. they had to keep um, Carla as their star witness because she was their only defense against Paul claiming that he killed these girls. So basically that's why they had to do a deal with her because they needed her for to get him after finding out she was just as guilty of these sexual assaults and these druggings. They're like, Mm -hmm. We don't have proof that he killed these girls other than Carla's words. That's yeah. what we have. And they tried to explain her not. Rem- she says she doesn't remember what happened with her Jane Doe friend. She says she doesn't remember. And they, the cops, the defense again for her claim that the reason why she didn't remember this is because she was a victim of PTSD from being mm-hmm. beaten by Paul. And if you watch the footage and look back at the Jane Doe incident where she brought her friend back without Paul's prompting, there's no proof that she's suffering or that she's a victim because one of the people who watched the video says, you watch her, she is sexually assaulting her friend and she looks up in the camera and she looks dead in the eyes. She just looks insane. No soul. Yes, exactly. Like. I don't know, a freaking demon or something. That's crazy. Like the fact that she was like, yeah, let, let me just take my friend and let's do this to her. And her right? friend, her friend didn't like come forth about it. Like, so I no, she didn't until after all this happened. And sometimes, first of all, she was extremely drugged when it happened. So maybe she didn't know the sexual assault happened, but mm-hmm. also like a lot of times victims don't come forward. It's just something that happens and it's really sad because they feel like it's their fault that it happened or whatever mm-hmm. and like I said still to this day nobody knows who she is because her identity's hidden because she, she like she it's horrible that that happened I mean can her. you think about it you wouldn't want to be associated with this situation no you know like, you're just devastated that you're like oh my god and it's like, on tape and people mm-hmm. watched it. People yeah. watched you be drugged by your friend and sexually assaulted by her and her husband. Yeah. Like that that's horrible. That's crazy. Horrible. Um, May 18th, 1995 is when the trial finally began. Um, this was the trial of the century for Canada. It was a huge media frenzy because I mean. Like I said in my fun facts episode, Canada is just a place where people are so nice and apologize so much that mm-hmm. like they made an apology act law that you can't like uh, say somebody's guilty just because they apologize so much. So like this mm-hmm. stuff just didn't happen in Canada. Yeah. And 
when it when all of this stuff was coming out it was such a huge media frenzy and for a long time there was a media block where no social media or no newscasters could talk about this case and they couldn't post about it and so when that was finally lifted it literally became this huge frenzy mm-hmm. um so, and like i said since the actual um killings of these girls weren't shown on tape but the sexual assaults were this whole case was Carla what she was saying against Paul and what Paul was saying against Carla because Carla was saying that Paul was the one who killed these girls and Mm -hmm. Paul said that Carla was the one who kills these girls so it's literally his word against her word Mm -hmm. and um this was the first time that they had attacks on tape so everybody was watching these these videos that was a part of this case um and this drew up a sort of issue about stopping the release of the videos for sakes of the victims and family because the family wanted these tapes destroyed they didn't want i mean the video of your daughter being raped and beaten by these two people Mm -hmm. they just didn't want them out there but the court thought that the jury needed to see these videos in order to make their decision oh my gosh so in court they played these six tapes but the judge decided to have only the jury see what was actually happening and the public and everybody else who was sitting in the audience and the victims families couldn't see it but they got to hear it god um the kim the who kim doyle who was the assistant of Ken, um, the Murray, the defense attorney originally for Paul, she was in court when this was happening and she told the judge, I don't think Leslie's mom should be in this court because Leslie's mom decided I'll sit in court and I'll listen to this. But she's like, I don't think she should. I don't think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But Leslie's mom was like, no, I, w- I want to be here. Um, and Leslie's mom sat there and she listened to, she couldn't see it, but she could hear. They said it, it was so surreal sitting there listening to the disembodied voices of these people talking and then it ex- escalating to screaming and Leslie just asking for help and please let me go and oh my God. agonized terror. And her mom got so overwhelmed listening to that, that she had to be helped out by her friends because she couldn't even stand her like knees would buckle even just trying to stand after listening to that Jeez, that's crazy it is and I I get why her mom would want to like try to be strong because her daughter had to experience it so she wanted to maybe just try to at least just listen to it but I don't Mm. think I would be able to do that imagine listening to your own daughter's voice being tortured like yeah, that, that would be horrible. No, not at all. I couldn't. I don't care. <laughs> like, I just couldn't. I, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be able to. I, I would I would dream like that would be in my head. You know, I would mm-hmm. sit there and just hear that in my head from that day forward. I don't I don't think I would be able to either. Um, one of these tapes was a shocking display um, that completely destroyed Carla's innocence was only weeks after her sister Tammy's death there's a video in there of her and Paul role-playing of Carla pretending to be Tammy for Paul's pleasure oh my god she even so she's not a victim she's not Mm -hmm. this innocent little batter she after 
her husband murders and rapes and kills her little sister, she role plays it for him again because she wanted to. So she was the first murder victim then, right? The sister. And I think, well, not that it's okay, but I think it was more of a manslaughter situation because I didn't plan to kill her. But I think for him, yeah, I think for him, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed Mm -hmm. the fact that she died from it. And that's where it probably started him down that path. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's still a little more that we're going to go over, but I don't know who I think killed them, to be honest. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was Paul or Carla because Carla says it was Paul because why wouldn't it be Paul? He's the one he's mm-hmm. the scarborough rapist but paul says it was carla because he wanted to keep these girls as sex slaves for longer he didn't he says to later that he wanted to um uh, i'll i'll tell you later it's coming up you're, mm-hmm. you're getting you're getting me ahead of myself okay but, <laughs> okay actually here here comes right here so when paul got on the sand he said that he didn't want to kill the girls It was all Carla. He said he wanted to let them go. He said that he had planned with Leslie to blindfold her and let her go. Uh, But Carla didn't want that to happen because she was scared they were going to get caught. And Carla was jealous. And so he claims that Carla killed them. Mm -hmm. He said that when it came to Kristen, he had gone to go get food and rent movies for them. And when he returned, Carla told him that Kristen... Kristen, while um, he was gone, said that she wanted her restraint around her neck loosened so that she could breathe better. better. So Carla um, released it a little bit. And this is when Kristen got brave and tried to escape. And Mm -hmm. she strangled herself, basically, is what Mm -hmm. Carla told him. Um, But Carla got on the stand and she rejected this and said that he killed the girls. Um, she's like I didn't kill these girls he did I to me I don't know I don't know who I believe killed them it could have been either of them to me Mm -hmm. but I don't think it matters who killed both of them I think that they both should have should have served the same amount of time and got charged for the same thing because it doesn't matter they were both involved and he Mm -hmm. says she killed them she said he killed them it does it it's, it shouldn't matter yeah they're both, they were both just as involved yeah. um <clears throat> when rosen continued who was you know the lawyer for paul was mm-hmm. cross-examining carla he said that she started out as her sweet little victim self but she was, became stronger and stronger through the defense because he asked her so who kidnapped leslie and decided to rape her was it you and Paul? She said, yes. Okay. Who kidnapped and decided to sexually assault Kristen? You and Paul? Yes. Who killed these girls? And she said, that wasn't me. Or he said, you and Paul? And she said, no, it was just Paul. But Mm -hmm. she was being like, so this lawyer was so good at cross-examining her that she slowly chipped away at her own innocent little personality and she became stronger and it it was difficult for the jury because they hated both of these people they hated carla they hated paul but guess what carla wasn't on trial paul was and this jury had to sit there and be like i think they're both guilty but carla's getting 12 years on a plea deal 
mm-hmm. and we're more worried about Paul. Like I, I just think that's so crazy. Like Carla should have been sitting next to Paul, and yeah. she should have been facing the same charges, but she wasn't. She was play- facing twelve years. Just that's just that's insane. Crazy. It it it's really it's one of those things that just like everybody wishes could be different but it just Mm -hmm. wasn't and it's so sad it's so sad for the justice system um so then when the verdict was read um paul bernardo was found guilty on all nine counts that he was being charged with including the first degree murder charge and carla got 12 years in the end and could apply for parole in just two years Oh and because God. of Carla, because <laughs> lied about the Jane Doe incident, there was a chance, though, that they could rip up this plea deal because they're like, she's trying to play the victim and she lied to the police about the Jane Doe incident. She mm-hmm. forgot to bring it up because she had amnesia. This yeah. was the, the point for them to be like, we can rip up that plea deal because a part of the plea deal is that she tells her version of the truth mm-hmm. so a judge took a look at the case years later and he said you know what i'm looking at this i'm looking at the videotapes and i think that i agree they made the right ruling when it first occurred that she should only get 12 years um the crown said that they wanted <clears throat> to up the ruling so that Um, or they wanted to hold up the ruling of keeping that plea deal because they were concerned that if they ripped up this plea deal and said, no, she's guilty too, that going Mm -hmm. forward, when they had star witnesses for cases like this, they wouldn't want to take plea deals from them because, oh, look what they did to poor Carla. They ripped Mm -hmm. up her plea deal. So in order to look good as a government, I don't know. They just like gave her, nope, she's only getting 12 years. Sorry. That's just crazy. That's it's, crazy. It's insane. I don't know how it's so sad because it. yeah, like how could they just be like, oh yeah, this woman is sane. She should be out in society. Well, and the version that she was telling police is a complete lie. When they see they the sh- tapes. Yeah, they should have just been like, sorry, you lied to us. So we shouldn't give you any plea deal. We should be charging you too. Which which I agree. And it's crazy because their, their argument was no, because without Carla as our star witness, we couldn't have gotten Paul Bernardo for first degree murder. That's, that's their argument, which is just crazy. But Um, how many times do cops lie to people and they don't follow through with things? You know what I mean? Like they'll say, yeah, we're going to help you out, but they really don't, you know, just to get information. Yeah. And they should have just did that with her because obviously looking back at the tapes, she's involved. She's not an innocent bystander. And that, and that's the whole thing is they should, when they saw that she lied on those tapes, that was their chance to rip up that plea deal and be like, no, you're going to trial too. You're going to face what you did, but they didn't because they were concerned about how that would look to future plea deals. It's just, it's, it's insane. It's literally, I think the, probably because of where they were, like Canada, like you were saying, how they wanted to keep their, um, I don't know, just how they are over there. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, just keep their good standing or whatever. 
Yeah, and it's so sad because this Jane Doe is still out there. She's still alive and um an article came out where she's she said it's so it's so crazy to me because Carla got away with this and she's about to get out of prison soon. And she, while she was in prison, she was able to get a psychology degree and she didn't have to pay for it. And I, as a taxpayer had to pay for my attacker to get Mm -hmm. a psychology degree for free. Wow. And on July 4th, 2005, Carla gets out of prison after being there for only 12 years. She didn't get charged with and, 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 and when she took that plea deal, she didn't even, she didn't get charged with any of her sexual crimes that she committed in those videotapes. So when she comes out, she's not a registered sex offender. Like she should be. Yeah. She's just not. Wow. Um, By 2016, Carla was living in Quebec. She had learned um, fluid French. Um, where most people don't know who she is because they're French speakers. It's like a just completely different part of Mm -hmm. Canada. She settled down and got married to the brother of the defense, her defense lawyer, and had three children with him. Oh, God. That's so sickening. Like, how could you? She had three. Okay. The thing to me is like, she was a, she took her own sister gave her to her husband as a Christmas present and sexually assaulted her sister herself, took these little girls, sexually assaulted them, helped murder them. And she has the audacity to have children. It's just disgusting. Well, not just that, but the fact that that man even married her. Yeah. I'm sure he's also fucked up in the head, clearly. And she had changed her name to Leanne Bordelais, thinking that nobody would find find her, find out who she was. But the media somehow found her and found out where she was taking her kids to school and would film her and harass her. And I'm like, imagine when her kids are older, they're going to hear what their mother did. Yeah. She raped, drugged, sexually assaulted, like killed other kids. I can't even imagine that. Like, that's just so sad for those children. Like it is. She gave birth to innocent children after she had done that to innocent children. It's just imagine growing up, knowing that your mother did that to her own sister. Nonetheless, like that's just, I can't believe she would have the audacity to have kids. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's just, it's disgusting. And she volunteered at their school and a mom found out who she was and a whole like uproar happened at the school because she's like I found out who this woman was and she's at a school function chaperoning my children like oh my gosh yeah the fact that this woman got to get out and just live a normal life and she's still out there living a normal life Mm -hmm. after there's videotape evidence of her doing these things to children it's it blows my mind that she's just still out there and And what about the what happened to paul yeah um paul's just he's still in prison to this day he's at uh, millhaven institute and he is in prison serving his term and carla should be in there too it's just it's it's just really crazy um so can, can they go back and charge her for those no, no. 
when wow. she when she took that plea deal it's like I, I want to say it's almost like you can't be charged for the same crime twice or whatever even though they didn't even charge her with it in the first place but the fact that she was given that plea deal and took that plea deal it didn't include any of that which mm-hmm. I'm like why wouldn't it but it's because yeah. they drafted this plea deal based upon what if she was telling them before they found the tapes mm-hmm. it all should have changed once they found those tapes oh yeah but it didn't it didn't it's it's crazy because the police were like what's worse um letting Carla or having charging Carla with these crimes but then Paul Bernardo could possibly get off because she's our only witness or should we just let her take the plea deal so that we could at least lock up Paul Bernardo then they chose the latter they chose to let her get off with a slap on the 12 years is fucking nothing for, for three the of three ki- girls like yeah. that's five years Five years for Kristen, two years for the murder of Tammy's life was worth two years. That's, it's disgusting. It's literally horrible. And it's a part. I can't even imagine how her family feels about that. Finding out that she killed her sister. Right. And there's video evidence that she drugged her and like assaulted her. her. Like that's disgusting. Are you? I, I don't know either how Carla can live as a person, but that's because she's not a person. She's a sociopath. Like, yeah, she's not normal either. And I can't imagine being her kid. Like, I really can't. That's Mm-mm. just, it's crazy. Um, so after all this happened, the families fought, um, the families of Leslie and Kristen had fought for the tapes to be destroyed for years. They're like, okay, you use these tapes in court. There's no reason for them to be out there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, And finally, the courts agreed, and all known copies of the tapes and the actual tapes were destroyed and any other evidence tying it to it. And then the house where these girls had been tortured and murdered was also demolished. And this was the first case in Canadian history that where not only were the attacks filmed, but physical evidence was destroyed. It's never happened before. And I Mm -hmm. mean good you know like I I just can't I can't imagine knowing like listening to them in court and then just knowing that they're out there of these attacks and I can't imagine being the people who had to view those yeah Um, one of the jury members was in the documentary that I watched which was uh, amazing you just have to watch it it's called it's called the Ben uh Ben (laughs) the Ken and Barbie (laughs) Killers um, the murder tapes that's what it's called and it's on discovery plus mm-hmm. so go watch it but um it's really good and one of the jury members is on there and she said that she after watching those tapes she was so traumatized by them that she was diagnosed with ptsd and she's like sometimes i i close my eyes at night and i see that stuff happening in my head God. i can't i can't imagine like having to to watch that you know that mm-hmm. happened happened to children and she said that she watched them and she's like it's it's almost like watching this happen to these children and you just want to help but you can't it's already yeah. it's already over it's already done those kids are already gone mm-hmm. so I don't know how there's not pitchforks and torches lit already and Carla's not been attacked because 
Mm-hmm. She's just out there living her fucking life. It blows. It blows my mind. It blows my. She is the only known serial killer. Serial killer who has gotten out and is just living life. God. And this just. And we all know who she is and where she's at. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's crazy. It's crazy. Sad. It's so sad. That's just. Oh my god. I just can't even believe it. Like that she got off. I know. With just being that disgusting human being that she is. Yep. And it's, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's crazy to me that she tried to play the victim for so long. And I get it because clearly it, it worked for her. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's, she's not a victim at all. And I just like, I can't imagine even being a part of her life. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, how could that attorney's brother just be like oh i want to marry her yeah what as soon as she gets out i want to have children with this woman like oh it's just it's so crazy to me but clearly both her and paul are you know manipulative horrible monsters and Mm -hmm. they both will burn in hell so yeah i mean at least hopefully we'll have solace knowing that because that's what they both deserve. Yep, for sure. So yeah, that was my exhausting two-parter that took me a month. <laughs> That's just crazy. Serial killers. Yeah, uh, yeah. When I first heard that story, I heard it from um, I think it was Morbid. Yeah, Morbid podcast. It was like one of my favorites, and I just heard that story, and it just blew my mind. And so when I saw that documentary on discovery plus was like okay i feel like this is this mm-hmm. could finally be my first multi-parter to help get you through so yeah <laughs> but now <laughs> i'm glad i get to take a break oh yeah <laughs> this week and it's your turn now i know because <laughs> <laughs> it was emo- emotionally draining for me <laughs> yeah that's just crazy it's a lot and i <laughs> am not a murderer but part of me wants to go and find her <laughs> I know, right? And take care of her. Because I just, it it, get, it it frustrates me when people get away with things, when everybody knows that they did it and they still get away. And they can like, just live their life like nothing happened. Yeah, kind of like O.J. Simpson, you know, only yep. there wasn't hardcore fucking evidence like there was for Carla. So mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Thank you for listening to the story. Well, thank you for your story. <laughs> it was good. I couldn't believe it. It's just crazy. Twists and turns and mm-hmm. tragedy galore. Now go watch the documentary and cry. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us and welcome back. And hopefully yes. we didn't uh, make you Disappoint. not want to listen yeah, yeah. <laughs> anymore because we took so long, but man that covid is no joke yeah it kicks sure. my ass so i'm trying to come back from it <laughs> yeah we will but i know and it's it's raging right now so to all our listeners out there just stay healthy stay safe it's yeah it's really no joke and i know that it's a it's a stupid political thing about oh it's all a conspiracy or not but it, it's really not and it's no. really a thing that's running rampant and just like i said stay safe stay healthy and i love you guys thank you for listening everyone glad to be back yes bye